Amen. Do you believe what they're singing this morning? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back for us? If that's your belief today, would you just lift your hands for a moment and thank him that he didn't leave us alone, but he is coming for us again. Amen. Father, we're thankful today. We're thankful that you didn't leave us alone, but you are coming for us again. And Lord, we're thankful that you sent your Holy Spirit to comfort and walk alongside us. We pray today, Lord, during this time that as the word is preached, that hearts and lives would be changed. God, we pray today that you would stir in us things that you want us to see about who you are and who we are. God, we're thankful for all that you've done in Jesus' name. And the whole church says, amen, amen. There's basically two kinds of people in the world. Basically, there's only two kinds of people in the world. There's morning people and there's not morning people. <laughs> Let me explain the difference. Morning people, uh, they kind of wake up excited about life. Morning people, when their feet hit the ground, they're running. Morning people, uh, they get up and the first thing they usually do is make their bed. And then they go work out. And then they eat breakfast. And then it's 5 a.m. <laughs> and sometimes morning people are so excited about life that they feel the need to sing very loud in the morning. And even if they can't sing, they still want to sing. Because morning people have all of this energy, all of this stuff that just kind of comes out of them as noise and activity. But not morning people are different. You see, not morning people would just as soon you not talk to them until 10 a.m. Not morning people need a cup of coffee or a Red Bull or an IV of coffee and Red Bull to get started. And if you do have to talk to them before 10 a.m., you can expect a grunt back in return. Not morning people are sometimes known as teenagers. In John chapter 11, we find a very familiar story. It's a story that we've looked at in this room. And as I was reading through this passage, I thought about it in these terms of morning people and not morning people and, and waking up. But one thing that we identify about not morning people is this. They may, be, uh, they may be awake in life, but they're not alert. They may be alive, but they're not functioning. They're not operational yet. And that came to my mind this week as I read this passage. I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 11. And while you're turning there, I'll catch you up on the story. In John chapter 11, Jesus receives word that his friend Lazarus is sick. And the two sisters of Lazarus are close to Jesus, and they're sending word to ask him to come and heal Lazarus. And so we pick the story up in chapter 11, verse 11. Here's what it says. You can read along with me. It says, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. So Jesus says to his disciples and the people listening that Lazarus is asleep. Just like most of the time in the New Testament when Jesus is speaking, the disciples don't completely understand it. And so they say back to him, well, Jesus, if Lazarus is asleep and he's sick, he needs his rest to get better. We shouldn't bother him. We shouldn't disturb him. And then after a certain amount of time, Jesus finally tells them, hey, listen, he's, he's really dead. Lazarus is dead. 
And so in verse uh, 39, we see where they start to show up and they go to find Lazarus and they get there. And really in verse 35, you see this famous uh, short scripture where it says Jesus wept and we see how Jesus is moved because his friend is dead and he's moved because his sisters, the sisters of his friend are grieving. In verse 39, Jesus says to them something that's very important. He says, remove the stone. Now it's at this point in the story that things really start to get interesting. It's at this point in the story where we start to see personalities of people that come out because when Jesus says remove the stone, Martha immediately gives a little bit of pushback to Jesus. She says, hey, Jesus, listen, I know there's a lot of mourning, and I know that that people are crying, and I know there's all kinds of stuff going on, but he's been dead four days, and he's probably not smelling that great right now. Maybe you don't remove the stone. Have you ever told Jesus, have you ever second-guessed Jesus? Have you ever told Jesus stuff that he already knew? in a way that maybe you think he should be operating. Hey, Jesus, uh, don't move this way because it, just in case you're uninformed, here's what you need to know. And so Martha gives this pushback and she says, well, uh, he, he probably stinks by now because he's been dead for four days. But Jesus isn't concerned about that. He calls the people to believe and look what happens next. In verse 41, the scripture says this, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe you sent me. Stop right there for a moment. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert here, okay? Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And if you've been hanging out at church any amount of time, you know that's how the story is going to end. But right here, this is so amazing what Jesus does. Jesus says this prayer and he says, Lord, thank you for hearing me. And I said these things not so that the sisters would quit crying. And and I said these things not so that, that people wouldn't be sad anymore. And I said these things not because I want to change some things and do some cool stuff and raise dead people and make them live again. Jesus said, I said these things so that people would believe that you sent me. You know what that means? When Jesus moves in your life, when there's a miracle in your life, it's so that Jesus would be glorified. Anytime God does something powerful in your life, healing, provision, protection, all these different things, it's not so that you'll be more comfortable and less sad. It's so that Jesus can be lifted up. Because here's something else that's true. Lazarus and everyone else that was healed in the New Testament eventually died. They eventually died. And so the purpose of the miracle wasn't just so that Lazarus could live and so that everybody would be happy and he gets to see his friends again. No, the purpose of the miracle in this story and the purpose of the work of Jesus in your life is so that Jesus will be lifted up and glorified. And that's what he's praying right here. He says, Jesus, I said these things. He says, God, I said these things so that the people will know that you sent me and they'll believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. We're in verse 43. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Now stop right there for a minute. Jesus just called a dead man to life. Jesus specializes in bringing dead things to life. 
And if you don't hear anything else today, this is important for some of you because some of you are in situations where you feel like it's dead. Some of you have promises that you feel like they've died. And, and, you, and the enemy's telling you that your future and your finances and your family are all dead. But can I just remind you that Jesus specializes in bringing dead things to life. And just the very word out of the mouth of Jesus can change everything. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't how ma matter how far gone it seems. It doesn't matter how much it seems like your dream stinks. There's nothing that's too dead for Jesus. There's nothing that's too far gone. There's no person that's lost too much hope. There's no person that's beyond his reach. There's nothing that's too dead for Jesus. And if you've been given a promise, if you've been told that God's gonna do something in your life, hold on to that promise. Even though it might seem like it's dead, Jesus can speak in a moment and change things in your life. There's nothing that's too dead for Jesus. When Lazarus died, his culture was a little bit different than ours. When we have people die, we, we go sit in a church or a funeral home for a couple of hours and you sit very quietly most of the time. And if things start to get loud in a funeral, then you start to get nervous. But that's not how it was in Lazarus Day. In Lazarus Day, they would have mourners that would come out and mourn. They had mourners, people in some cases were actually paid to come out and mourn and they would mourn at the house and in front of the house and in the streets and they would have this big crying for days. They would just mourn and the more mourners that you had, the more you loved you were as a person. And so Lazarus had died and people showed up. And when Jesus showed up, this was not a quiet scene. I've, I've been involved in some situations where people have passed, and sometimes when you get to the home, oftentimes when you get to the home or when you get to the funeral home or wherever the family is, things are quiet because we say quiet is respectful and it's reverent, and you don't have a bunch of people making a lot of noise. But in this situation, when Jesus showed up, there was a lot of noise going on. There were people that were crying. There were people that were wailing. There were people, people that were weeping. And the scripture says this, it says Jesus called in a loud voice. You know, some of you, when your dream died, when your promise died, when you feel like your future died, all you do is hear the voices of everybody else telling you how dead it is. All it seems like is people that say, hey, you had a promise, but now where is it? Hey, a word was spoken to you, but now what happened? What happens in our lives spiritually sometimes is we keep hearing these voices, these loud voices of people that are continually reminding us that what God promised us was dead. But listen, Jesus speaks in a louder voice. And it says in the scripture here, he spoke over the situation. And just let me encourage you today that if you're in one of those situations, Jesus can speak over the noise in your life. Jesus can speak over the voices in your life and he can call the dead things in your world back to life because Jesus specializes in calling things that were dead back to life. Have you experienced that today? Have you ever had Jesus step into a situation that was completely beyond your ability, completely beyond hope, and then in a moment things change? If you've experienced that, would you just lift your hand and give him praise for a moment? Would you just thank him for a moment? And so Jesus calls in this loud voice. He speaks over the mourners. He speaks over the mourning people. And he says, Lazarus, come out. So the dead guy 
comes out. But look at the next line in the scripture. His hands and his feet were wrapped in in linen and a cloth was around his face. You see, part of the culture that happened back then, they didn't have, give me your hands, Lazarus. You're Lazarus today, by the way. He's Lazarus. We're not going to kill him. We won't take the illustration that far. Part of the culture in Lazarus' time, they didn't have embalming capabilities. They didn't have the knowledge that we have. And so what they would do is they would wrap the entire body. They would wrap their hands. They would wrap their feet. Put your feet together, Lazarus. You're not going anywhere today. You better hope there's faith in this room. (laughs) They would wrap their hands. They would wrap their feet There was a cloth around their head. We'll just do this for you. You look more like Mary than Lazarus. And so the scripture says, the scripture says that when Lazarus came out of the grave, When Lazarus walked out, when Jesus called him back to life, he walks out of the grave. Can you imagine that moment? Can you imagine what it was like to hear? I mean, just just picture the whole scene. You've got all these people that are wailing and crying and mourning and all this noise. You've got these sisters who aren't sure what's going to happen in their life because their status in in society, it's different now that that Lazarus is gone. He was their brother. He kind of took care of things, and now he's dead. And then you've got Jesus who shows up on the scene, and he's got his disciples with him. And so there's this whole group that's happening, and they're standing outside this this tomb where the the stone had blocked things up, and you're kind of watching, and you're kind of crying, and you're kind of also wondering, is it about to start stinking in here? Jesus calls out in a loud voice, and he says, Lazarus, come out, and then all of a sudden, I don't know if there were trumpets, I don't know if there was thunder, I don't know if the ground shook, I don't know what happened, if there was bright lights, I don't know what happened, but the Bible says that Lazarus came out. But here's an interesting thing. His hands and his feet were wrapped with strips of linen, and there was a cloth around his face. This bothered me when I read it. One of the things that I struggle with and I need to stop doing is sometimes I'll read the scripture and I'll critique Jesus. And I'll say, we know Jesus, you called a guy from death to life. Couldn't you go ahead and, and could you get him a new suit? Could you knock the clothes off of him? I mean, picture this. Lazarus comes out. I picture him. He kind of looked like a mummy. He walks out with all of this stuff. And we put some things on on Pastor Aaron today, but this isn't even close. He was wrapped up in grave clothes because he had been prepared for the burial. And so Jesus calls him to life, and he walks out. He's still got some grave clothes on. Can I just tell you, there's a lot of people walking around Birmingham like this. There's a lot of people that that they're alive and and they've they've given their life to Jesus and they said the prayer 20 years ago and they they did what they were supposed to do but they're still wrapped up in some grave clothes. Can I tell you, there, there might be some people in this church who Jesus has called you to life and you're alive but you're not really awake and you're not really alert. 
You're just kind of going through the motions because there's some things in your life that have you bound up. There's some grave clothes that are still wrapped around your hands and your feet and your head. And it doesn't have really anything to do with our salvation. It doesn't have really anything to do with, uh, with us giving our life to Jesus, but we're, we're paralyzed and we're stuck and we're blinded by some grave clothes from some things that are still binding us up. You know what one of those things is? You know, sometimes, sometimes people can be wrapped up in grave clothes of fear. Fear is a cloth, fear is a grave cloth, fear is a linen that will, that will bind you up in a lot of different ways. You know, we live in the safest culture that's ever lived in the history of civilization. We have access to more health care, more safety, more everything than any other group of people that are alive, but still, we're afraid. Millions and millions of people battle fear and anxiety and worry and stress. And what happens is it, it gets in your mind and it binds you up. Afraid I'm going to lose my job. Afraid my wife's going to leave. Afraid my kids won't love me. Afraid the stock market's going to crash. Uh, afraid everything's going to go wrong. Afraid the things that are going right are going to stop going right. And you know what happens? The grave clothes of fear start to bind up your mind. And, and it dominates your thoughts. And it's the last thing, it's the last thing you think about when you, when you go to bed, and it's the first thing you think about when you wake up. Do you know what? Some of us, when we walk around, we're bound up with different kind of grave clothes. You know, something else that people struggle with. Let me make sure I can spell it right. Some people are bound up with this. Insecurity. It's not that they're not Christians. It's not that they haven't given their life to Jesus. But so many times they look at their past and they look at things that are going on and they look at the things they used to do and, and they start comparing themselves to other people and they say, well, you know, I'm not as talented, I'm not as gifted. And they disqualify themselves from participating in what God wants them to do. And what happens is the enemy binds them up. Scripture says his hands and his feet and his head. And you know what insecurity will do? Insecurity will stop you from doing the work of the Lord. Insecurity will handcuff you. And you'll sit there and say, well, I can't do anything for Jesus because I'm not, because I'm inadequate, because I'm insufficient, because I can't do what everybody else can do. And I get insecure about where I am and who I am. Insecurity will handcuff you. Did you know we have an army? We have an army of believers in our church. And some of them feel insecure because of their age. Now listen to me for a minute. One of the great things about Metro, one of the powerful things about this church is that we're an intergenerational church. We, we, we have a place for everybody. If you're young, if you're old, if you're in the middle, whatever. But some people say, well, you know what? I can't do what I used to do. I can't serve like I used to serve. I can't participate like I used to 30 or 40 years ago. And they start to get insecure. And that insecurity just handcuffs them and they end up not doing anything for the Lord. You know, the same thing's true on the other side of the spectrum. Why would anybody listen to me? I'm just a kid. 
I'm just a teenager. I can't do anything. I don't have any experience. I don't have any qualifications. I don't have the education. Look, the adults are so intimidating. And we have an army of people that get immobilized. Because what happens is the enemy takes insecurity and he wraps their hands up with it. And insecurity will handcuff you from doing the work of the Lord. Again, these aren't salvation issues. This isn't anything to do with the blood of Jesus in your life. What this is, is this is the enemy that attacks Christians and says, hey, listen, you're still wearing grave clothes. I know you're alive. I know Jesus has called you out of the grave. I know that you're here and that you're alive, but you're not awake and you're not alert. And Jesus said in John 11, I'm going there to wake him up. People get bound up with fear. People get bound up with insecurity. You know what else happens? This is a big one. I don't know if my arms are long enough for this one. Just spell that right. Is that right? Discouragement. You know, this is probably the biggest one. You work so hard, you serve so much, you pray, you give, you do what you know you're supposed to do, and you don't see a lot of change, and then after a certain amount of time, just discouragement starts to creep up in your life. The enemy will bring discouragement against the body of Christ. The enemy wants to discourage you. He wants to tell you, you know what? Things are always going to be this way. Things are always, you're always going to do this because it's who you are. You're always going to be stuck in this. You know what discouragement does? Discouragement keeps you from moving forward. Discouragement keeps you from advancing. Discouragement will freeze you in your tracks. Discouragement will cause you to stand there and say, okay, there's no point in doing anything because I don't have the energy, I don't have the ability, I can't go forward. And the scripture says that he came out of the grave and his hands and his feet were wrapped up in grave clothes. In fear and insecurity and discouragement. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people walking around like this. There's a lot of people that walk around Birmingham and and they have knowledge of Jesus and they have faith maybe even that they've placed in Jesus and they grew up in church and they grew up doing all these things but they're still bound up with grave clothes. But look what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Could Jesus have made these grave clothes fall off? Yeah, he's Jesus, he can do anything. I mean, he called a guy from death to life. He, he brought a guy out of the grave. And, and when you read the scripture, he does so many other things. Like he takes, he, he gets money out of a fish's mouth and he takes bread and fish and he feeds thousands of people with it. And he turns water into wine. So it's not that the grave clothes were a problem for Jesus, but listen, he tells the people that were mourning, the disciples, the sisters. He tells them, he says, take off the grave clothes and set him free. Now, why did he do that? It's not because the grave clothes were a problem for Jesus. But here's the thing. Jesus always partners with people to accomplish his will on the earth. God always partners with people to accomplish his will. And so many times as Christians, what we want to do is we want to say, okay, God, you just do all of it. 
I just need you, God, to kind of wave your magic God wand and make everything right. And God's saying, no, I want relationship with you. And God will do the supernatural, but he's calling us to do the things that we're supposed to do. Because God always partners with people. And you know what? Part of the call and part of the mission of this church is to find people who are still wrapped up in grave clothes and set them free. Part of the thing that Jesus has called us to do is to go and search and find people who maybe know who Jesus is, who maybe have heard Jesus call them from death to life, who maybe have done that, but they're still walking around with fear in their mind. They're still walking around with insecurity, handcuffing them from doing anything. They're still walking around with discouragement. Well, Jason, I don't know how to do that. I, what, what are you talking about? How do you do that? I mean, do you just walk up to people and just start, just start telling them, don't be afraid anymore? It might get you arrested. What God's calling us to do is this. Find people, maybe even people on your row, maybe even people in your home, and look at them and say, you know, I know you've been battling some things in your life when it comes to fear and anxiety and worry, but did you know 2 Timothy tells us that God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I'm praying for you today. I'm praying that if there's any fear or worry or stress in your life, that you're able to just lay your head down and go to sleep and trust that Jesus is gonna do what you can't do. And if you're struggling with fear today, I wanna help you take those grave clothes off. I wanna help loose you and free you in Jesus' name. And we find people that are, dealing, that are dealing today with all these different insecurities and say, you know, I, I know that you're like me and everybody's got a past and you may have made some decisions and you may maybe have walked through some things and you don't feel worthy for God to use you. But I do want to remind you of this, that Ephesians 2.10 says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he's prepared for you in advance. And so don't let insecurity handcuff you from going forward. Don't let insecurity be something that ties you up, but go and do what God's called you to do because God wants to set you free. God's calling us to find people who are, who are walking around in grave clothes, who are still struggling, who are still bound up, and, and they say, well, I'm discouraged because, you know, there's some things that happened in my past. I'm discouraged because there's some, there's some people that let me down, and there's some ministry leaders that maybe hurt my heart, and, and God's calling us to say, I know you're discouraged, but I want to remind you of Joshua chapter 1, verse 9 that says, have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. So it leaves us with two questions. Are you still wrapped up in grave clothes? Ah, oh, Jason, I've been a Christian for 40 years. Ah, oh, Jason, I, I go to FCA every time the doors are open. Yep, are you still struggling with fear? Is insecurity part of your life? Are you walking around discouraged, dejected? I'm here to let you know Jesus came to set you free. We put our faith in him. It's not just fire insurance that one day we won't go to hell. It's, it's for our life now so that we can do what he's called us to do. The second question is this. Do you know somebody that's got grave clothes on? Is there somebody in your family? Is there somebody on your row? Is there somebody at your work? 
And you know they've heard the story. You know they could recite it just as good as you could. They, they could say the prayer. They could do all the stuff. But you know in your heart, and they do too, that fear is dominating their mind. God wants to use you to share the message of Jesus to help set them free. Here's how we close today. I want you to think for a moment. I want you to think for a moment about somebody in your life. We're not talking about their salvation. We're not talking about, we're talking about somebody in your life that maybe is wrapped up with fear or insecurity or discouragement. I want you to think about that person. Get their name, get their face in your mind. If you know somebody, or maybe it's you, you're here and you say, that's my story. I know, I know I'm a Christian, but I'm still battling some of this stuff and I need to be set free. Wherever you are right now, I want you to stand. I'm struggling with fear, Jason. I, I struggle because, you know, I've got anxiety in my life and there's so much stress and there's so many, many things that are going on. It, it, if you know somebody that's dealing with that, stand up. If you're here today and you say, you know, insecurity is an issue for me because I look around and I see so many different people do amazing things and I just feel like God can't use me anymore because this has happened or this has happened. If you're struggling or you know somebody that's struggling with insecurity, stand up. We're going to pray for you today. We're going to pray and believe that God's going to set you free. If you're here today and you say, you know, discouragement is something that's wrapped around my feet and I'm stuck and it feels like I've got concrete shoes on and it feels like I can't move forward and I can't go forward with what God wants me to do because I'm continually reminded of all the things that happened and I'm discouraged today and you need just the breath of the Holy Spirit to breathe in your life and bring encouragement. If that's you or somebody you know, stand up. I want to pray for you today. Here's the thing. Jesus put the ministry of this freedom in the hands of the people that were there. Jesus didn't stand in front of the tomb and say, hey, watch this. Watch, hey, check this out. I'm gonna make these grave clothes. He's getting a new suit. No. He put the ministry in the hands of the people and that's what he's doing today. And if there's someone that's standing near you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to them. I want you to lay a hand on a shoulder or take them by the hand, and I want you to pray with them. You may not know their situation. You may not know what they're going through, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to be the body of Christ. We're going to follow what Jesus said, and we're going to pray and believe that those that are walking with grave clothes on will be set free because God has set us free. Do you believe that today? Right now, find someone that's standing near you. Right now, if there's no one near you, stretch your hand toward them. Begin to pray for them. Begin to pray that fear and insecurity and discouragement would fall off. Begin, begin to pray that if their mind is clouded with stress or anxiety or worry, that, that the Lord would free that up today. Begin to pray that if there's insecurity in their life, that God would bring them to a place of confidence because they're his workmanship. Begin to pray today that if they're battling discouragement, if they're battling all these thoughts of discouragement that the Lord would be the lifter of their head today and they'd be encouraged right now don't watch just pray stretch your hands toward those right now and pray right now in Jesus name
church. We don't know what people are dealing with. You don't know what people bring in these doors. You don't know what they carry into these doors. Pray right now that the hand of the enemy would be away from them and that the hand of the Lord would be on them and that the hand of the Lord would guide them and strengthen them. If you're here and you know somebody, they don't even have to be in this room and you know they're struggling with these issues, stand up right now for prayer so we can pray for you too. We're gonna pray for them. Father, right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray for those that are dealing with grave clothes today. God, for those people that are walking around, it's not salvation issues, Lord. It's things that the enemy wants to haunt us with. God, we thank you that you want to partner with us. We thank you that you want to bring us into this. We thank you that you want to use us. And I pray right now for every person in this room that they would have the courage and the boldness to go and take those linens, those grave clothes off. God, I pray for freedom today for those that are battling a mind of fear, for those that are struggling. We know your word says you've not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I pray today for a sound mind for those that are tormented by fear. And I pray that you would free them today and that you would use the body of Christ to bring that freedom. God, I pray for those that are battling insecurity, Lord, for those who feel like they're less than, for those that feel like they can't, for those that feel like they're disqualified. Lord, I pray that you would breathe into them, uh, that you would remind them today, Lord, that they are your workmanship and that they are your prized possession and that you've called them and you have purpose for them. Lord, for those that are dealing with discouragement today, wherever they are in this room or out of this room, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just bring fresh life and encouragement into those situations. God, we don't know what happened in the past. We don't know the struggles, but we're trusting you, Lord, not just with our future, but we're trusting you with our past, that you could take the things that the enemy intended for evil and you can use them for good. Lord, I pray for encouragement in the lives of believers today. Don't let them be bound up. Don't let them be stuck, but Lord, help them to move forward with encouragement through the Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now those of you that are standing, listen. I want to tell you something before we go. Sometimes this is a daily battle. Some people, they fight all three of these things. Because it seems like these three things kind of get coupled together. I just want to let you know, you've been equipped. You've been equipped with what it takes to fight this battle every day. It's two things. First, it's this. This scripture can breathe life into you. This scripture can can allow fear and discouragement and insecurity to dissipate, and it'll be replaced with confidence and peace power of this. This is something that when we read it, it's supernatural in our lives. It's not just a list of facts. It's not just historical references. This is the very breath. This is the very mouth of God. And when you're walking through things, the enemy wants to tell you that this doesn't matter. This is an outdated book. But I'm here to tell you this is the mouth of God speaking to your situation. 
So when those thoughts come in, when that anxiety shows up, open this up. Be reminded, God's with me. When you feel insecure about who you are and you feel God calling you to step out and do something, but you hear the voice of the enemy reminding you that you're not and you can't and you won't and you never have, be reminded that God can take what little you have and do supernatural things with it. If you're here and you fight discouragement on a daily basis, this word is your light and your salvation. The second thing he's equipped you with is this. It's the people in this room. God brings us to a community of faith so that we can be encouraged, so that we can walk along, alongside one another, so that we can say, hey, listen, I've been there. Do you know what? Let me talk to you. If you're over 50, just listen. There's a whole group of young people that are just trying to figure it out. And you don't know what it would mean to just go up to them and say, I don't know all the specifics, trust Jesus because it worked out for me trust Jesus because there's no other option trust Jesus because he's all you need and when you speak that kind of encouragement into somebody's life you have no idea what that does young people let me tell you just because you get older doesn't mean you you're all the time encouraged and you have no idea what putting your arm around one of our senior saints does for them when you look them in the eye and say hey thanks for keeping on thanks for being faithful thanks for laying foundations hey be encouraged God, God's got a plan for you hey you're a great part of this church and a great part of my life you have no idea how that encourages people see we get the scripture and we read the scripture and this is our life but you know what the scripture is lived out in the body of Christ and we live that out among the believers and that's how we minister to each other so I just want to encourage you. Look at the scripture. And look at the body. And find encouragement. Find peace. Find confidence in all the things that God has designed for you. Do you believe that today? Is anybody thankful that God's moved in your life? And that God has removed fear and removed insecurity and taken discouragement away? Are you thankful for that today? Give him praise. Would you stand with me this morning? Jesus said in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Whatever you're facing, Jesus is bigger than that. And I know this week's gonna be a little different. I hope you have a great 4th of July. I hope you celebrate freedom. I hope you, you grill out and, and eat more burgers than you should or whatever you do. Here's, here's what I really hope. I hope that tomorrow, Thursday or Friday when the enemy starts to creep up that you just remind him say I'm not going to be discouraged I'm not going to be intimidated I'm not going to be insecure because I've put my hope and my faith in Jesus and he's partnering with me to accomplish his will my hope is that when you see people that are walking around work and they know who Jesus is but they're still kind of bound up with some grave clothes that you can speak a word of encouragement in their life and that things will change in their situation I've asked our team they're going to sing us a song to get out of here but before they do I want to pray for you pray one last time that the Holy Spirit empowers you to do 
his work. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you've called us from death to life. We thank you that you have brought us out of that grave. We thank you that just like you spoke to Lazarus, you speak to us and that we're alive in Christ because of you and because of your work on the cross. And Lord, today I pray, if there's anyone here that's battling these grave clothes, if there's anyone here that's still wrapped up in some of the old things that are happening, God, I pray today that you would loose them in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we walk out these doors, let us carry your presence with us. Lord, as we walk out these doors, let us carry your anointing with us. And Lord, as we walk out these doors, we pray that we would find those that are still walking around with grave clothes and that we would set them free like you've called us to. Lord, we pray that your spirit would empower every person in this room to go and do the ministry that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody says... Everybody says, one more time, let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. You're dismissed.